as I decrease, I pray, oh God, that you will increase in me. And God, let signs and wonders and, and the things in which you have, Father God, for your people to be, uh, Lord God, so evident in their lives that, God, that a difference will be made today as somebody will hear your word, Lord God. And, and Lord God, not just be a hearer of the words, but as your word says in the book of James, be also doers and not deceiving themselves. So, Lord, we go forth in our lesson, in our service for today. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. God is worthy. I'm going to bring a continuing message that uh, the point has um, throughout our ministry right now, even on uh, Tuesday night with Pastor Charles, awesome teacher, brings forth the message of a personal evangelism. And last week we had a good session and uh, we talked about fill up the evangelist. So today I'm just going to dovetail off that and bring forth a little more of what who was this evangelist called Philip. Who was he? You know, so we can glean from his life to see how God has impacted him and how God has um, allowed him to be uh, a personal evangelist and how the Holy Spirit uses him and is a personal evangelism. Philip is usually distinguished from the disciples of the same name by calling him Philip the evangelist or Philip the deacon. We know that Philip was one of the original seven deacons selected to serve in the church of Jerusalem. So you remember in the book of Acts in chapter 6 where there was a discussion between the uh, the um, the Hebrews and the Hellenes um, about the food distribution. So the apostles said to them that they need to pick out seven men that is full of wisdom and that the Holy, uh, full of the Holy Spirit. And Philip was one of them. He was one of the deacons, okay? And he was one of the ones that was chosen. And the apostles laid hands on them to um, anoint them for the service. And so we're going to find out in our today's lesson, how was Philip impacted by the call of God? How he was thrusted out into the evangelistic. Now, he, he, he made a transition from a deacon, okay, as the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 6, verse 5. And now we find out that they're calling him Philip the evangelist. Hallelujah. And he was one of the uh, leaders in the church in Jerusalem. Remember the word of God says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall be witnesses to me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the inmost part. So they started the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit command them in the books of Acts, on the book in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. They started the church. In Jerusalem. Philip left Jerusalem to become an evangelist in Samaria. And after the church in Samaria was started, Philip was used by the Holy Spirit to bring the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch. And why did this happen? What was going on? If we look in the book of Acts chapter, chapter 7, verse 54, Something happened. Something happened to the church in Jerusalem 
that got Philip into Samaria. See, the Holy Spirit will always allow circumstances to come upon your life, not to discourage you, but to thrust you into what he has called you. And now the church is being persecuted. And as we look in our modern day uh, mindset, we're looking at the book and say, wow, the church is being persecuted. Oh, that shouldn't happen. But yet, what Satan meant for evil, God will turn around for good. All right? And so we see in Acts chapter 7, verse 54, it says, When they heard these things, they were cut to their heart, and they gashed at him with their teeth. Now, this is Stephen. One of the deacons, now he's testifying and he's witnessing to them, but he's being, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. So now Stephen is being persecuted. Now Stephen is going to be a martyr. Now Stephen is going to be stoned. And sometimes when God calls us, it's, always, it's not always going to be a walk in the park. You're going to have to go through something. Jesus says the world hates him and the world is going to hate you also. So don't think, don't think that you're going to have a rainy, a sunny, a sunny day all the time. But sometime it's going to rain on your parade. So, but being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of the God and Jesus sending at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stop their ears and ran at him with one accord and cast him out of the city and they stoned Stephen. And witnesses laid down their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord, receive my spirit. Then he kneeled down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And, he, and when he had said this, he fell asleep. So we find out right now that the church is being persecuted. Stephen, and now you have Saul on the, on the scene. Acts chapter, one, Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Judea! And Samaria, because the word of God says in, in Acts chapter 1 that you will be witnesses unto me, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. So now we see that the church is being persecuted, but yet is being thrust into the will of God. It says, Godly men bury Stephen and mourn deeply for him but Saul being began to destroy the church going from house to house he dragged off men and women and put them in prison the church again is being persecuted and now we find Saul is on the scene and now he's going from house to house 
okay, persecuting the church. Remember, the church is the body. We are the church. We are the lively stones. So he's going into the house, not the church building, the houses, and dragging out the church, the people. And those who have been scattered preach the word wherever they went. Those that were being persecuted and ran out of the region except for the apostles, now they have ran out and now they are preaching the word wherever they are. And Philip went down to the city in Samaria. Now here we go. Now we're in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. And when the crowd heard Philip and saw the signs he performed and all paid close attention to what he said, for with shrieking impure spirits came out of many, and many were paralyzed and or lame were healed. So there were a great joy in the city. Now you're finding the deacon. Now you're finding the evangelist doing signs and wonders and healing people. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in which he has the evangelist. And we know today that God does not respect the person. What he does for one, he can do for another. And I believe that God is preparing us for the work of the ministry. He's preparing us to go out and signs and wonders will follow them. Hallelujah. Signs and wonders will follow them. And now we find out that when the Bible says that the inmost parts of the earth, of the world. Now check this out. Here we find that Philip now has an occasion, okay, to speak to an Ethiopian eunuch. Not by accident, but God's divine appointment. But God's divine appointment. The Spirit said to Philip, Go, okay? There is somebody I want you to see, somebody I want you to meet. And it was an Ethiopian eunuch, a member of the court of Candace, the Ethiopian queen. Philip found the eunuch sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah and trying to make sense of the prophet's word. And Philip offered an explanation and the Ethiopian eunuch invited him to come into his chariot. So we find now that Philip, it has an opportunity to send the gospel to Africa, to the inmost parts, to the Gentiles. Now we find out how this happened. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Now, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, and go towards the south along the road from which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert. So he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopian, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia, who had charge of the treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. So 
Philip ran to him and heard him reading the book of Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I understand unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come and sit with him. So now he was reading Isaiah chapter 53, verses 7 through 9. And that is the, the suffering and the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Right there. Right there. Right there. Isaiah the prophet was prophesying of the Messiah. And so this is a good place. So the place in the scripture in which he read was this. He was, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a, as a lamb before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth in his hum humiliation. His justice was taken away. And who will declare his generations for his life is taken from the earth? So the eunuch asked Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet Isaiah say this? Of himself or of some other man? And then Philip opened his mouth. Now check this out. Check this out. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the scripture, preach Jesus. He preached Jesus. Come on. He didn't give him his opinion. He didn't give him what he thought. He preached Jesus. And let's look at the results. Let's look at the results. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the, the, the eunuch said, see here is water. What? hinders me from being baptized. And then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And his answer and said, this is what he said. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. Huh? Come on. Huh? If you confess and believe, if you confess and believe, and all of our work as evangelists and all of our work is going out into the highways and byways to compel them to come in. Our work is to have them make that decision. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. In verse 38, so he commanded the, the chariot to stand still and both. Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now, when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. <laughs> yes, yes, rejoicing. Hallelujah, new life. Hallelujah. Born again. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. You remember when you got born again? What happened? Oh, no. You were ecstatic. Come on. You were born again. People could not shut you up. You were casting out demons in your shoes. Come on. 
Hallelujah. And then this is what happened when the spirit of the Lord is working in each and every one of us. God will lead you to the person in which he has already set up, okay, their mind and their heart. The, the heart of the person has been already cultivated. Some has already planted and some have already watered. Now God says, I'm going to allow you, just like he did Philip, to reap the harvest. To reap the harvest. And I, and I wanted to bring forth this today because I wanted to be inconsistent in what we're doing. But yet my heart was touched by what was happening on our Tuesday lesson. I was in a situation where I went to the bank and I drove up to the bank and I saw a young man that I called my nephew from childhood, but I haven't seen him in a couple of years. Grew up, got married, went to college, did, did everything that he needed to do. And I, I, I pulled up and I locked eyes with him. And he said, I haven't seen him about three years. He said, I was just thinking about you. I said, great. I said, what's the problem? He said, I got a car problem. I'm thinking about somebody could help me with a car. And I thought about you. And here you are. I said, great. I said, what's, what's the problem? He said, the car won't start. I said, okay. And we talked a little while. And I says, what's the problem again? He says, the car won't start. I says, well, start it up. And he went, sat in the car, and it started up. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Come on. And I told him, I said, the car was just that instrument. Give me your number because I don't have it. I misplaced your old number. Give me your new number so we can stay in contact it because there's a purpose. There's a reason. There's a reason. The car was just the instrument that God used to get us together. He knew that I was going to be in the bank and he was going to be in the bank at that same hour in time. And I says, Lord, look how you orchestrate things. And then in the gym um, this Wednesday, I was talking to a brother in Christ and I said to him about how God, how Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman and how he was talking to Nicodemus and how he flipped the script from the natural to the spiritual. They came for natural. She came from water in the well, and Jesus wanted to give her spiritual water. Nicodemus came because he had a need, and Jesus understand that he needed to be born again. So Jesus, when he encountered people with a need, he flipped the script. Come on. Uh-huh. They looking for, but uh-uh. He said, I got something that you will never, ever thirst again. So in the gym on a Wednesday, this is what I brought to the brother. We were just talking. I brought him that scriptures, uh, just like I said, and we was talking about that. So I went about my business, and next thing I know, somebody's talking to him. So he introduced me to a friend of his, and she has written a book. And the book is about love. And she's talking about love. And she says that she went through some kind of um, uh, challenges in our life, and feel like there is no love. No one loves her. And even her, her makeup, who she is, she really don't think that that's 
where she needs to be, but she's trying to embrace. And they pointed to me, and, and, and I got introduced to her. I says, wow, yeah, right. And she says, can I pick your brain about love? I said, sure, yes, you can. And I says, how about the agape love? She says, he was telling me about that. I said, let's go to John 3.16. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go to John 3.16. And I says, that is your starting point right there. I said, you read that, come back, see that you understand it, and we'll talk again. But yet, you see, people are hungry for something. They don't know what they need. You, 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 you have the answer. You have the answer in Jesus. You got the answer. You need to, like Jesus said, flip the script because they're looking for something spiritual. Yes, spiritual. They're not looking for something natural. When you understand what it is that God has to offer them, that's what you offer them. Uh-huh. In a nice way. Okay? You want to pick my brain? Here. John 3.16. Pick it apart. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm not going to not give you what I think. I'm going to give you what the Word says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you're evangelizing, so when you're going out into the highways and byways, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. When people come, they're looking for something. Nicodemus came looking. The woman at the well, did she get water? No. She went back without water. <laughs> but she came for water. And she got the living water that Jesus gave her. Nicodemus came looking for something natural. And Jesus understood that. There was a spiritual need, a deficiency. And he gave him the word of God and said to him, you need to be born again. And my word to everybody, that's not. You need to be born again. If you're hungering, if you're thirsting for something, drugs, alcohol, sex, work, materialistic things, is not going to make it. That's just a substitute. That's putting a Band-Aid on the problem. That is not going to work. It has its pleasure only for a moment. When you drink, you could drink and you have a hangover. And when you back over that hangover, you're back in the same situation. But God says, I'll give you water that you will never ever thirst again. You will have the, the, the artesian well rising up in you by the Holy Spirit that will give you the wisdom, that will give you to understand. As we looked at Philip, Philip was just a man that was dedicated in the ministry, and he was a man full of the Holy Spirit. And look how God used him with signs and wonders. And, and then the Ethiopian eunuch took the word back to Africa. Come on. Took the word back to Africa. Uh, he went to Ethiopia. 
And you remember the Ethiopians of the, they call it the tribe of Solomon they found maybe 12 years ago in Ethiopia, the Jews. So maybe that's part of what went forth from Philip. Hallelujah. 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 But what I'm going to say to those again, and I'm going to end. I'm not going to be before you long because I believe that God, the Holy Spirit, is working in our lives right now and as we move forward. And God wants you to do something that you haven't done before. He wants you to take a step of faith. He wants you to get out of your comfort zone. He wants you to step aside from self. Leave self right here and says, self, uh, 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 you, uh, uh, you stay. I'm going. I'm going to take a step to the Lord. I'm going to take a step where God has, has allowed me to, 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 to understand that I need something different. I've been looking for relationships. And many of us at a young age, older age, middle age, you're looking for relationships. You're looking for that love. Only Jesus has it for you. The Father's love. You might not have a father. You might not have a, 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 a whole family. But God says, now I can put you into a family. A family that I had designed especially for you. Because he knows what you need. He, he designed you. He's your creator. And I'm going to ask that there's someone who would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is something that will impact your life for eternity. The words in which I'm speaking are words that's going to be with you for eternity. Okay? This is not just a Sunday service. These words are eternal. Hallelujah. Yes.